Good afternoon, everyone. Boy, a lot has happened since the last time we were together, so dare I say, I think it's time for some um, story time and tell you what happened. <laughs> we'll, we'll have details on that. In the headlines on the update this Wednesday, there was a deluge of Israeli airstrikes on a refugee camp near Gaza City. It's demolished apartment buildings, leaving craters where they once stood. While ground troops are battling Hamas militants across the northern part of Gaza. Meanwhile, the anti-Semitism policies at colleges in the city of New York will be reviewed amid the ongoing campus protests over the war. Uh, we'll have details. Locally, a woman on Long Island has been convicted of aggravated manslaughter in the death of an NYPD detective that was killed on the Long Island Expressway. At the former president's civil fraud trial, it was revealed that internal emails, they show that when he tried to buy the Buffalo Bills back in 2014, investment bankers doubted that the NFL would allow it, but it still encouraged him to stay in the running. Julius Randle had 19 points and 10 boards. Jalen Brunson scored 19 as well. And the Knicks did not trail in the final three quarters of their win over the shorthanded Cavaliers. And in Lewiston, Maine, the site, of course, of the deadliest mass shooting in that state's history, children, they've returned to school and even trick-or-treated in trying to return to a sense of normalcy. This is the update. Wednesday, November the 1st, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, broadcasting across the nation and around the world, this is the update with Brandon Julian. A three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks. Um, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Wednesday. A happy hump day to all of you out there. Also, first day in a brand new month for us together in this month of November. It truly do seems like in the month of November, it seems that things do tend to fly by more quickly uh, than usual. So, you know, that's something to keep your eye on. We're going to make it to Thanksgiving practically soon enough. But also, I hope you had a very happy and festive Halloween. You got out there, you went trick-or-treating, or if you do not celebrate Halloween, which is some people, because <laughs> there's some people who, you know, they believe that, they have the personal beliefs that they don't celebrate Halloween, which, you know, is fine. 
you know, hopefully you spend the day doing something that you like and love. You know, but it's back uh, to the grind for us around here. Uh, but, but honestly, truly, though, welcome to our show, you know, again. <laughs> let's quickly jump, before we get into the proceedings, let's quickly jump uh, right into uh, my problems. I know I've said it here before on this program, but my wife personally still wants a dog. So I said, all right, but you have to take care of it and walk it and feed it. And she said, well, how about a cat then? And we laughed and laughed for, must have been seconds, really. We just, uh, we, we, we lost it. You got to be very responsible when it comes to animals. Don't go toward the light. <laughs> what was even that? <laughs> like a poltergeist animal trainer. I honestly don't know what I'm doing. But I do know what I'm supposed to do, uh... I do know what I'm supposed to do now. <laughs> I'm Brandon Julian. Of course, folks, we appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however, of course, you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. Uh, we're going to begin this Wednesday's proceedings with the latest, of course, in the war between Israel and Hamas. There was a deluge of Israeli airstrikes yesterday on a refugee camp near Gaza City. It's demolished apartment buildings, leaving craters where they once stood. While ground troops are battling Hamas militants across the northern part of Gaza. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has, meanwhile, rejected calls for a ceasefire. The Palestinian death toll in the war is now stretched over 8,500, according to the Hamas-run health ministry there. In the occupied West Bank, more than 110 Palestinians have been killed. More than 1,400 people in Israel have been killed, most of them civilians slain in the initial rampage. One of around 240 hostages taken from Israel into Gaza by the militant group was rescued in a special forces operation. Meanwhile, back here stateside, up in the state capital in Albany, the anti-Semitism policies at colleges across the city of New York are going to be reviewed amid the continuing protests over the war. Governor Hochul yesterday announced a third-party review of policies at the 25 campuses of CUNY, which, of course, is the nation's largest urban public university system. Uh, Hochul has said that the review will assess how the college system handles anti-Semitism complaints and will make recommendations on how administrators can better protect Jewish students and faculty. Political tensions, of course, over the decades-old conflict have run high at CUNY schools, which enroll nearly a quarter of a million students. CUNY themselves, they issued a statement saying that they will cooperate with the review. Of course, we will have the latest details, of course, on uh, tomorrow's edition of the program. Uh, now, on to some of the other news of this. Uh, there we go. <laughs> on to some of the other news of this Wednesday. There we go. And uh, we're learning about the United Auto Workers Union. They have been providing some more details about tentative contract agreements with the Detroit automakers. 
that include pay raises of 25% over four years and eight months. UAW leaders spoke about the tentative agreement with Ford on Sunday night, and they posted it online. Now, the rank-and-file union members are going to be voting about uh, whether to ratify the agreement. The UAW did not get the 40% pay raises that they asked for at the start of negotiations, but it got a lot more than the 9% that Ford offered at the beginning, before the strike that started back in mid-September. The UAW is also dropping a request for 40 hours of pay for a 32-hour work week and traditional pensions for more workers. Over in Niagara Falls, there are two pastors that are each worried for the congregants' safety. One believes the right to bear arms undermines the freedom to worship in peace. The other believes that the right to carry a gun is an essential means of protecting fragile religious liberty. As the Supreme Court, they've adopted an increasingly expansive interpretation of the Second Amendment. The right to guns is casting a shadow over many other freedoms that Americans hold near and dear. That tension is becoming visceral in some houses of worship because more and more they feel like they are targets. Back here in the city limits, uh, there's a little-known jail in this city that you might not have known or heard of but it's believed to be the last operating prison ship in this country. It's going to be shutting down this week. The barge first arrived in the South Bronx back in 1992 and was one of several floating jails that was used by the city at the time. But while it was meant to be a temporary solution, the jail has remained operational, even as detainees and their advocates have repeatedly condemned its dank, cramped conditions and extreme isolation. Most of the roughly 500 people incarcerated in the jail earlier this month will be moved to Rikers Island, which is the city's, of course, main jail complex. We talked about this a little bit earlier, about the United Auto Workers Union. From the auto production lines over to Hollywood, the power of labor unions is back in the national spotlight. But despite historic strikes and record contract negotiations seen this year, there's still a lot stacked against organizing today. Rates of union membership, they've been falling for decades. More than 35% of private sector workers were unionized in 1953. Uh, today, it's about 6%. Labor experts point to changes, of course, in the economy, ample employer opposition, and glowing, growing political partisanship in recent decades. And under the current federal and state labor laws, desires to organize can only go so far uh, without policy change. The famed actor Robert De Niro, he lashed out in a courtroom against a former executive assistant and vice president who's now seeking millions of dollars after accusing her former boss of being abusive. De Niro returned to the witness stand for a second day 
uh, yesterday in his fight against the former assistant, Graham Chase Robinson. His anger seemed to build up over several hours of questions by her lawyer until he finally exploded with her anger, glaring at her as he shouted, Shame on you, Chase Robinson. He then quickly apologized for the outburst. Over in uh, Ithaca, Cornell University administrators, they've now dispatched the campus police uh, to a Jewish center there after threatening statements against Jewish students appeared on an online discussion board. Cornell President Martha E. Pollock says that there was a series of, quote, horrendous anti-Semitic messages over the weekend, threatening violence against the university's Jewish community, and specifically naming the address of the Center for Jewish Living. The website is unaffiliated, though, with the school in Ithaca. The uh, Cornell University Police Department is investigating, and they've notified the FBI of a potential hate crime. Governor Hochul says that authorities are not sure if the acts, the threats are credible, but the state police are taking steps to help ensure student safety. A woman on Long Island has now been convicted of aggravated manslaughter in the death of an NYPD detective that was killed on the Long Island Expressway. Uh, Jessica Buvais of Hampstead was arrested in April of 2021 after 43-year-old Anastasios Toscos was struck and killed while assisting officers at the scene of another fatal crash on the expressway there over near Queens. Toscos was a 14-year veteran of the police department. Queens DA Melinda Katz said uh, yesterday the the 34-year-old Bevise was intoxicated and driving with a suspended license. She fled, but was arrested a short time later. Meanwhile, uh, the Biden administration and JetBlue Airways, they are facing off in court over the Biden administration's effort to stop JetBlue from buying Spirit Airlines. Uh, The trial over the government's antitrust lawsuit is scheduled to begin on Tuesday in Boston. That was yesterday, actually. JetBlue is trying to buy Spirit, of course, for nearly $4 billion, saying it needs to grow to compete against bigger airlines like American, United, Delta, and Southwest. But the government, they say, if JetBlue gobbles up low-cost Spirit, it will hurt consumers, especially for ones that are on a tight budget. Spirit is known, of course, for offering rock-bottom fares, but they make it up, they make up for it by charging lots of extra fees. In other news, uh, at the former president's civil fraud trial, there were some internal emails that revealed that when he tried to buy the Buffalo Bills back in 2014, Investment bankers actually doubted that the NFL would allow it, but it encouraged him to stay in the running. The internal emails were aired in court yesterday. Trump offered a billion dollars cash 
for the Bills, but lost out to a $1.4 billion offer from the owners of the Buffalo Sabres of the NHL, Terry and Kim Begula. Trump's failed bid is one of the business moves under scrutiny in the trial of Attorney General Tish James's lawsuit. It accuses, of course, the ex-president of deceiving banks, insurers, and others by giving them financial statements that massively inflated the values of his assets. Trump has denied any wrongdoing and says that the statements actually lowballed uh, his wealth. Uh, and finally, uh, the FTX founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, He's now undergone a final barrage of questions from a prosecutor aimed at showing that he's not being honest about how $8 billion of his customers' funds just magically disappeared. And it's now setting the stage for final arguments. Those are said to take place today in Manhattan Federal Court. Prosecutor Danielle Sassoon finished her cross-examination yesterday of the man who was riding high on the cryptocurrency wave until his businesses collapsed last year. Bankman Freed insisted through four days on the witness stand that he didn't know about the billions missing from his companies until days before they entered bankruptcy proceedings. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Wednesday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Uh, gonna talk some sports and how the Knicks are, well, they were staying good with the win over the Cavaliers. They didn't trail through the final three quarters. There was a lot happened since the last time we got together from the trick-or-treating to standing out in the cold for quite a while. That actually needs some explaining, and I will explain that. Uh, and then later, we're going to talk together, of course, uh, the latest national news. Over in uh, Minneapolis, uh, the president, he says that there should be a humanitarian pause in the war between Israel and Hamas. I'm uh, going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, uh, when the update of Brady Julian in the start of a brand new month around here. It returns in just a moment. From New York, the V stands for value. This is the update with Brandon Julia, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey. 
and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. From New York, only a rental and only $5 a day. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning at midnight on Saturday, November 18th to 4 a.m. on Monday, November 20th and on several weekends in early 2024, seven and N trains will be suspended between Queens and Manhattan because of the Queensboro Plaza Accessibility Project. On these weekends, seven trains will not run between 74th Street Broadway and 34th Street Hudson Yards. N trains will not run between 39th Avenue and 57th Street, 7th Avenue in Manhattan. N trains will run in two sections, between Coney Island and 57th Street, and then via the Q line to 96th Street. And a shuttle train will run in Queens between Astoria Ditmars Boulevard and 39th Avenue Dutch Kills. The Long Island Railroad will accommodate customers at no additional cost for trips between Flushing, Metz-Willets Point, Woodside, and Penn Station or Grand Central. Additional service will run on the E&R lines to accommodate customers. E&R trains are available at Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue, Queens Plaza for the R train only, and intermediate local stops. Trains will run every eight minutes on each line during days and evenings. Free shuttle buses will run between 74th Street, Broadway, and Queens Plaza, making all seven train local stops. The Q93 between Queens Plaza and Vernon Boulevard, Jackson Avenue, and the Q92 overnight between Times Square, 42nd Street, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024, F trains will run on the E-line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M trains will run between 57th Street on the F line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. 
beginning June 26th through January of 2024. Seven express trains will run only between 74th Street Broadway and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street Broadway and 34th Street Hudson Yards. Through early 2024, Manhattan-bound seven trains are skipping 111th Street and 82nd Street Jackson Heights because of station improvements. For nearby service, use a Flushing-bound 7 train or use the Q32 or Q48 buses on days and evenings along Roosevelt Avenue. Through December of 2023, Jamaica Center-bound J and Z trains are skipping 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of accessibility work and station improvements. During rush hours, skip-stop service on the Z train will not be running. For nearby service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90, with the exception of the BX-18A, BX-18B, B60, M116, Q4, Q4 Limited, S46, and S96 Limited, starting September 24th. Transfers on all other lines must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 Select Bus Service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So, over in uh, the city of Cleveland, 
uh, Knicks and the Cavaliers uh, going at it. Uh, Julius Randle, he had 19 points and 10 boards, and Jalen Brunson also scored 19. And the Knicks, they didn't trail in the final three quarters of their 109-91 win over the shorthanded Cavs. Emmanuel quickly had 18 points off the bench, and R.J. Barrett had 16 as the Knicks, they won the first half of a home-and-home series. It was the team's first meeting since the Knicks eliminated the Cavs in the first round of the playoffs earlier this year. Uh, New York native Donovan Mitchell scored 26 points in 29 minutes, and Isaac Okoro and Georges Niang had 11 points apiece for the Cavs, who have lost uh, three straight, and they are currently 0-3 at home. And also, the uh, there's a new, well, we find it recently, <laughs> there's a new in-season tournament in the NBA, uh, and it'll feature some new court designs. When playing home games in the tournament that starts on Friday and will run through December 9th, all 30 teams will have a primarily solid color court on the floor of their arena. The courts will be fully painted with no visible wood grain. The league first released the designs to ESPN on Monday and then released them publicly. Uh, the league did not say that what the cost of the project actually was. So stay tuned for that. Uh, now, folks, when we return on the update this Wednesday, uh, there's some story time for us to do. <laughs> <laughs> updating you on what happened since the last time we got together. I think it'll be fun and interesting from being stuck out in the cold to trick-or-treating on Halloween. We'll get you caught up on that. And then later, we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. Uh, out in the American West in Denver, in Colorado... A judge there has now denied a motion by the former president's attorneys to dismiss a case challenging his eligibility to run for president because of the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment. I'm going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to inform you about the following. Where has the time gone? I really hope that I didn't write that line. Well, maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, of course, but it's always nice to look back on the past. It helps us grow as people. Plus, you know, you always have those moments where you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And in our new series, where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this program. I've always said over the years that my producers, they love an excuse to have a party. Every weekend, we're going to go into the update vault and play you some episodes from throughout the many years of this program. And in my new special series, where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this show, once a month, I'll play a select episode from that list. I have a whole list of favorite episodes, and we'll play that for you. 
It's a big party, of course, and you and your friends are all invited. And if you don't know we're having a big party, you will, after you hear this soundbite, declaring that we are having a big party. So, every weekend, we'll go look out for the update vaults, play some of our episodes for the many years of this show, and of course also once a month, look out for a, the list of my favorite episodes from throughout the years. Keep listening, of course, folks, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget, unless you can't uh, remember that party from, you know, the night before. <laughs> now, of course, the update of Brandon Julian will be right back after these messages. And uh, isn't this exciting, folks? Wow. Oh, don't laugh. Getting up notice, but tell me you didn't. But uh, that actually is pretty darn good. My producers are getting better last year for a surprise. They left me a 4th of July wiener. I, uh, I found it on the inside of the couch. All right, it is my duty now to send you back to the remainder of this program, so go. Go there now. Brandon Julian. You know, every day, folks, in this studio, while I give the news to you, I ponder sometimes the questions of the universe that many people wonder and want answers to. Like, for example, why can't I wear white after Labor Day? I bet you never thought of that one, huh? This is the update with Brandon and Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe and is the best way to protect that legacy. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay, smart. protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. I don't know, folks, if you've had this same thought as me, if you've ever graduated high school. But have you ever scrolled on your social media and you see the announcements of the people that you went to school with and you hear those pregnancy announcements and you look at them, the person, and you're like, they got pregnant? Like, no. No. <laughs> This is this isn't right. I can't possibly be. And that's not to be mean in any sense of the word, but really, there are people you come across, you just look at them and you're like, 
How? How could that possibly have happened to them? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why he's talking like this. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Indeed it is, folks. Uh, welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Start of a brand new month for us together around here. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us on this hump day. Yes, hump day 2023. <laughs> Not hump day 2023, but you know, um, <clears throat> I was going to say first day, speak, uh, first day of a brand new month of November for us around here. Uh, we all know that things tend to uh, fly by very quickly um, in the month of November, you know. Thanksgiving is literally in about three weeks from now. And see, well, you know, the Christmas ads. God, the Christmas ads. <laughs> the, um, God, the uh, holiday ads, they've already started playing on TV. Now that after it's Halloween. Um, I feel very, um, I feel very excited about it, you know. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, this is the first time, the first time, uh, we're gonna do some, uh, some story time. Uh, cause, you know, a lot happened since the last time that we were together. And we're gonna go back to having regular stories tomorrow. I think I got a good one picked out for tomorrow. But yes, it's uh, it's a little story time. Um, you know, this all started on uh, this all started on Monday night actually, because I had gone to I had went to go visit my wife um, after after I finished after school, and uh, you know, since you know after school you get out late, um, like five o'clock, five thirty. And by the time you do all the necessary travel, it's already about near 7 o'clock or so. It's only a little bit of time to spend, but, you know, I feel like every minute is worth it. it when you go when you go visit the person that you're, you're loving in a relationship with. But anyway, um, I called my brother because he said there was some police activity going on near where I live. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to wrap things up here and head back so I can avoid all, you know, all the commotion of that. So I started making my way back. You ever get the feeling when something, when things are going, you know, when things are going too well? That was what I was thinking about the whole commute. It's going to, this is going a bit too well. Uh, <laughs> because I was making every single connection that I need to make, which sometimes is a, which sometimes is a bad thing and sometimes it's a good thing. But looking about, looking at it in hindsight, then maybe that was a bad thing. I'm like, I'm making every connection. This is going well. This is actually going a bit too well. I wonder what's wrong with this whole thing. <laughs> and sure enough, when I got uptown, he, my brother actually had said to call him when I actually get closer to the house so he could tell me more of what's going on. So I get uptown on the train. I call him. 
And it's like, all right, I'm probably going to have to buzz you in. So I'm like, all right, I'll see you in a minute. I'm walking down the block to my building and uh, I see a bunch of police flashing lights and police tape that's um, it's cutting off the sidewalk. And actually the whole block, actually. Uh, there were a couple of officers standing on the corner and I, I show them, you know, I show them my idea, like, I'm sorry, but I live in this building. And at least they were kind enough to explain that, yeah, um, everybody else that's standing around you, they live in the building too, but uh, nobody is allowed in or out right now. And then they also went on to kindly explain that um, there was a person on the roof of the building next door to mine, and they had been contemplating about jumping for what I gather was about two hours based from what the conversations that I had heard. Uh, but true, I'm like, I was less than 500 feet from my house. I'm like, you can't just let us in. <laughs> and so I called, so after that, I call my wife. I tell her what's going on. And she's like, call, she's like, call me back as soon as you can, because she had said and suggested that I could have stayed the night over there since we were doing trick-or-treating tomorrow. But since I had work the next day, it wasn't really in the cards, which, you know, made the whole thing actually feel a little bit weird in retrospect. Um, <laughs> but in any case, I call her, I call Ashley and be like, hey, if I show up a little bit late to work tomorrow, here's the reason why. And uh, also, by the way, with the wind that was howling that night, not howling, but it was a little bit nippy, it felt cold out there. So I'm like, please tell me I'm not going to have to stand outside in the cold for several hours because this dingus up there is doesn't want to jump from the freaking building or come down safely. What I do know is that after a while... There was a teenager who lives in the building of mine, uh, got agitated because he saw people that were coming out of the building, even though the officers had politely yelled at them to stay back in because they had the, uh, the inflatable thing. I don't know what it's called exactly, but it was the inflatable thing that, you know, you use when you're, um, I think it's what pilots, what airplanes use. No, that's not it. It's what they use when you want to jump, when people are jumping from very high places so they don't injure themselves. But anyway, at some point, the boy just started walking toward the building because one of the residents was holding the door, the front door open. And everybody decided at that moment to, uh, make a, to just make a run for it. And I'm, I guess the, the officer was looking like, okay, I guess we're, uh, I guess we're doing this now then. <laughs> and so I finally made it back after what feels like a, an hour or so being on the freezing cold. I hope that person is okay, but also, you know, dingus for holding all those people up. And then came Halloween when we actually did go trick or treating. I found this out the hard, we found this out the hard, the hard way, I should say. 
about trick-or-treating. Well, you know, I've been telling you on the show the past couple of episodes about how candy was higher this year because of inflation and the price of ingredients and such. Because uh, the candy selection that we got was a bit lackluster. Uh, you know, it was way less than we've had previously. And um, I said this throughout the... I said this as we were walking back to her building afterwards. I told my wife, you know, I think you're taking this a little bit personally. Because we're used to having a treasure trove of candy. And she was like, no, I'm not. As she proceeded to put an entire bucket of candy from a porch. <laughs> It's one of the bags that we had. And I was saying, are are you sure you're not taking this a bit personally? Because what you just did sounded a little bit personal. <laughs> oh, but then she just wants all the candy. She just wants all the candy. And it didn't help that we got derailed by... um. We didn't help but we got derailed by things. And also, it seems like by about 8 o'clock or so at night, all the trick-or-treaters have vanished. Is that some uh, Is that some sort of unwritten rule that I've never heard about, you know? Um, because, literally, the streets were deserted. And it was at that point she finally conceded. <laughs> she finally conceded, and, like, you know, you can talk about Christmas. You can talk about Christmas now. But I, didn't, I really, as much as I wanted to talk about Christmas, which is my holiday, because Halloween is her holiday, I really didn't want to at the moment, because I saw how upset she was. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to save all my pandering of Christmas until after, uh, until after all this, because... You know, you're upset. I don't want to get you, make you more upset. And I was like, I'm sorry. And you're like, it's you're like, it's not your fault. But, you know, being the kind of person that I am, uh, if she's, a, I'm willing to take some of the blame. You know, if, if it means to make her happy, you know, that's what being a good boyfriend is all about. <laughs> it's all about. But yes, that was basically the last couple of days. I, um, essentially now, for next Halloween, we have got to figure out a way to, um, make it better. This probably means buying candy ahead of time and allocating that out sufficiently. And then I think we'll have a happier Halloween next year when she... I believe she says she wanted to be an evil queen, which was one of the kids dressed up as. By the way, I didn't even mention the costumes. Uh, basically, um, we were going to do at first point like a celebrity, and I was going to be the paparazzi, you know, with the camera and the microphone and such. But eventually we decided on, I was going to dress as Michael Myers with the mask, and she was going to be, like, um, possessed. However, if you know my Instagram... You know, I put up a picture that essentially said, what if this would be what it would be like if um, if Michael Myers had a girlfriend? Which is essentially what it is, because I love her, but she can sometimes she is an influence on me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I think I've said it before on the program. She's a little bit ghetto. 
Actually, it was kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was funny. Uh, but yes, um, trick-or-treating, it was nice to do. But in some places, like in Lewiston in Maine, um, it was the return of a sense of normalcy there. Uh, in the wake, of course, of the deadliest mass shooting in that state's history, they've returned to school and did the trick-or-treating. We'll talk about that and more, because national news, uh, it's next for us around here, of course, uh, when the update of Brady Julian continues. From New York, a magical place not found on any map. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing. Or your daughter's first birthday party. You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. From New York... A tropical island paradise. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back uh, to the update of Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. First hump day. In the month of November for us around here in a brand new month. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. By the way, as a matter of disclosure, uh, the stories that I was previewing for national news, I read from the wrong doc, from the wrong, from the wrong set of notes, but this is the correct one that I pulled up here. So, uh, this will be the correct stories that we're talking about. <laughs> In any event, let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we are going to begin, of course, in Washington, where the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, he does not typically mention one aspect of his work before he was elected to Congress. But he was once chosen to be the dean at a small Baptist school. But the school ultimately closed without enrolling students or even opening its doors. The episode is just a reminder about how little is known about Johnson, who quickly roamed from relative obscurity to House Speaker last week. His time at the law school offers insight into how Johnson navigated leadership challenges that echo the chaos, feuding, and hard-right politics that define the House Republican majority that he now leads.
In other news, uh, the White House is now preparing to announce that they will develop a national strategy to combat Islamophobia, even as it faces skepticism from the Muslim-American community, for its staunch support of Israel's military assault on Hamas in Gaza. Uh, America, uh, excuse me, that's according to people who are briefed on this matter. The White House announcement had originally been expected to come last week when Biden held a meeting with Muslim leaders. Uh, two people say it was delayed due to concerns from the Muslim-American community that the administration had lacked credibility on the issue, given its robust support for Israel's military. The people spoke on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to publicly discuss the White House plan. Uh, documents that have now been released by a Maine's sheriff's office. It's been given the most detailed timeline yet of the warning signs and also the failed efforts to stop the gunman who killed 18 people and wounded 13 others at that bowling alley and bar last week. The Sagdahatic County Sheriff's Department says that Robert Cards' son told authorities back in May that his father had grown more angry and paranoid since January. Back in July, Card spent two weeks at a psychiatric facility after erratic behavior while training with his Army Reserve Unit in New York. The new documents also show that deputies twice visited Cards' home in September, including once when they believed he was there, but didn't answer the door. And out in the American West, in Denver, Colorado, there's a professor who is an expert in national security who has now testified that the former president could have mobilized the National Guard and law enforcement to protect the Capitol when violence broke out on January 6th. The testimony came yesterday as a Colorado case to bar the former president from the 2024 ballot moved into a new phase. William Banks is a Syracuse University law professor who was called by lawyers for the Colorado voters trying to bar Trump from the 2024 ballot under the rarely used insurrection clause of the Constitution. Trump's lawyers say that the military had assured the then-president that they had a plan for protest security. There is more national news for us to discuss, and uh, we will address those, of course, when the update Brain of Julian returns in just 60 seconds. I've always wanted a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor. Mr. Rogers passed along friendship in his neighborhood, hoping we would do the same. So let's get started. Friendship. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. As an educator, Mr. Nelson's teachings are still being quoted in schools. Education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. Mr. Nelson taught hope. Everyone can rise above their circumstances if they are dedicated and passionate. And giving our best efforts. It's always impossible until it's done. Mr. Nelson Mandela's teachings not only united a nation, they inspire us today. Inspiration. 
Pass It On from PassItOn.com. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. First hump day in a brand new month of November for us around here. I thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, we are talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to go over to Honolulu in Hawaii in the aftermath, of course, of that wildfire there. The police, who frantically tried to save people from the fire that devastated that devastated the historic Maui town of Lahiana. This summer, they also faced another challenge, uh, keeping people from heading back toward the flames. Uh, there was hours of body camera footage that was released to the Associated Press under a uh, public records request that includes chaotic footage of officers trying to block people from entering the burning area, even as they were trying to evacuate those that were still inside. Uh, those included residents desperate to learn the fates of their homes or relatives, or just tourists that were looking for a place to sleep. The fire back in August left at least 99 people dead and destroyed more than 2,000 buildings. Uh, in other news, we're going to go over to Lima in Peru where a Dutchman who recently confessed to killing American high school student Natalie Holloway back in 2005 in Aruba has now been returned from the U.S. to Peru to serve the remainder of his prison sentence for murdering a Peruvian woman. Joran van der Sloot arrived in Lima yesterday in the custody of law enforcement. The South American country's government agreed back in June to temporarily extradite him to the U.S. to face trial on extortion and wire fraud charges for extorting Holloway's mother. He pleaded guilty to those charges and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. In an interview with his attorney conducted in the U.S. Uh, after, his, after his extradition, uh, he admitted to killing Holloway. Back in this country, in Columbia, Missouri, an appeals court there has ruled against a Republican written description of abortion rights ballot measures, calling his summaries politically partisan. The Western District Court of Appeals yesterday largely upheld descriptions of the constitutional amendments that were rewritten by a lower court judge to be more impartial. The summaries they are used on Missouri ballots to help voters understand sometimes lengthy and complex proposed policy changes. If supporters gather enough voter signatures, the abortion rights constitutional amendments would go before the voters next year. Republican Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft had described the proposed constitutional amendments as allowing, quote, dangerous and unregulated abortions until live birth. He says that he plans to appeal the ruling. And finally, we're going to go back up to uh, Lewiston in May. Because uh, the children, as I've mentioned in the previous segment, they return to school and they are trick-or-treating in the wake, of course, of the deadliest mass shooting in that state's history. 
Area residents, of course, they spent days locked in their homes last week while police searched for the man who fatally shot 18 people at a bowling alley and a bar. Uh, he was found dead, of course, on Friday. Uh, yesterday, hundreds of students returned to a high school that had recently been transformed into a law enforcement command post. Inside, students petted therapy dogs and were signing a large banner that, let, that read Lewiston Strong, which is the community's new motto. I'm going to let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Wednesday, November the 1st, 2023. That is the update on this Wednesday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. All these happy, happy, big-bellied people are going to be here for episode number one of the program, which was a long, long time ago in 2017. As part of my favorite episode uh, series, it comes out on the 11th. That's not this Saturday. But the next Saturday coming, uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, is actually right behind this fake wall behind me. So until I get overdressed for the medium uh, once again, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, folks, please be well. And uh, honey, look at this, sweetheart. Uh, I'm king, and I, I actually want to be a good king, but I'd rather be a good knight. That, that, that's, that's all right. I'm actually going to go uh, kill the uh, go kill the riders now. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, the uh, cold weather it continues tomorrow. But we'll be moderating out of it soon. Let's talk about that a lot more, too, of course, when I see all of you right back here uh, tomorrow. See you then.